One witch is powerful. A coven of witches is unstoppable. Want to go deeper in your craft with the support of your basic witches? Then join our coven on Patreon. We have three tantalizing tiers with ad-free episodes, shout-outs on the pod, monthly card pulls, and girl talk, where you get to connect with us one-on-two. So, are you a basic witch, boss witch, or our best witch? We can't wait to see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches, <laughs> basically. Witch, please stop subconsciously hating yourself, shoulding all over yourself. And for the love of goddess, stop thinking you have to do it all on your own. This witch is haha here to help. Find me on sexandthesynchronicity.com for coaching, courses, card pulls, and deep XX exploration through erotic art. Fortune favors the bold, so be bold, be that witch, and head to sexandthesynchronicity.com. Hey witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa manifest some sh**, wait, are you really gonna bleep out sh**? I can't say sh**, this is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's canal or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahknauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. What's up, witches? You're listening to Basic Witches. I'm Rachel LaForest. I'm Leah Knauer, and with us today is pro witch Angelica S. Crashy. And we get cray with this <laughs> wild witch. She's so wise. Um, and we talk about Hades, which was so cool. We've never talked about Hades this much before. Yeah. And it got hot. So you'll hear all the reasons why Hades is Angelica's patron saint. And if you want to be one of our Basic Witches patrons, then go over to the Basic Witches Coven on Patreon. You get to support this show that has helped you grow. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even trying to rhyme. It's just <laughs> happening. <laughs> Um, Because we're witches and we want to share that magic with you. So meet us on Patreon. You get card readings. You get all these bonuses, shout outs on the show. Yes. As as if showing your support just wasn't enough. Get that coven loving. I actually had someone DM'd us today and they were like, I just want to hang out with you guys and like be be friends and chat. And I was like, you literally can if you join our Patreon. (laughs) That's what we do. We do video chats and card polls and it's it's just like hanging out. It's so fun. So come get your coven loving. Connect with us. And enjoy this hot, zaddy-ass episode <laughs> with Angelica S. Gracie. Ooh, I have, like, middle school, like, giggles. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so much advanced technology today. How could they not just have a normal-sounding voice? Yeah. A better voice, Yeah, right? It's the voice that's weird. It's, it's like the, the computer reading that. it instead of just, like, pay someone 50 I will record it. I will record it for Zoom. 
right? <laughs> anyway, starting <laughs> off on a creepy note, which is great yeah, for talking so about Hades. Hey, <laughs> hey, <Hades>. Angelica, <laughs> you're a Hades expert. We're so excited to talk to you. What is up? Yeah, don't yes. be a hater. Be a Hades. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm living for everything that's happening. Um, yes. And yeah, I, I definitely am a Hades expert. Um, it's so, it's so funny because we started working together, me and Hades, you know, I, I see him as a personified deity. So kind of like a multi-dimensional being that you can communicate with that has Ooh. like a, a name and a personality um, yeah. and that kind of thing. I have so many questions. What does, um, what does Hades look like? Like, how would you describe Hades? Yeah, Hades, to, when he comes to me, he has kind of like longer, <laughs> dark hair, kind of like me, <laughs> um, right? He has, um, he al is always like wearing just all black leather sometimes. I was just going to say that. He's very Scorpionic. Okay, I was, when you were describing leather, I was like, that's exactly the type of, well, I like a couple types of women, but like, I really like leather, dark, scorpionic women. Yeah. And I felt like he was a Scorpio. Yes. Man, Scorpios are having Absolutely. a moment, I feel like, even though it's Gemini season right now. <laughs> I feel like because there's so much death and rebirth happening, mm -hmm. it's scorpionic. What do you think? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. De well, it's interesting that you bring up Gemini season because... Hades has so many connections to Gemini because Gemini is ruled by um, Mercury, who is Hermes, and Hermes and Hades are really good friends. Hermes uh -huh. is always coming into the underworld. and Is Hermes the messenger for Hades? He is, yes. And he brings the souls that pass away into the underworld. And so that's kind of why a lot of um, like Hellenic astrologers feel like Geminis are you know, sometimes have mood swings or have these ups and downs or like the, the dual personality is because it's the personified of Hermes coming in and out oh. of the underworld and having to switch gears kind of. Wow. So Angelica, if you didn't know, I'm a Gemini, <laughs> Rachel's a Scorpio. So this is very like on, on point. Um, oh I'm also realizing gosh. Hermes or May's the bag. I didn't realize that it's spelled the same way. I'm now I'm like, I need an Hermes bag because I need a messenger Hermes. bag. I'm the from messenger. Hermes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So what, when Love we it. were talking about Hades, like having you on, what came to mind for me was, um, in bring it on when they're like, if you're the cheerleader that drops the spirit stick, you go to Hades. So I thought Hades was like all of hell. Oh my gosh. Like before, because of that movie. Is it also mm -hmm. a term for hell? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting because Hades is the god of the underworld, but the ancient Greeks okay. also used to call the underworld Hades. So it's kind of a, a dual meaning in a sense that yeah. he's like named after his realm and vice versa. And then it's so interesting because when essentially they were writing yeah. the Bible, you know, whoever they were that was writing mm -hmm. the Bible, they didn't really like have a good word to describe like what, you know, like 
hell was or anything like that. So they kind of used what was closest in their vocabulary, which was Hades, um, like from the Greek. They like had it kind of like that was the only ancient term of the underworld that they could readily like call and translate. And so more so I should say when people were translating the Bible, like, you know, the King James, like poets were translating it. They used Hades because it was the better, like it was the only term that they really knew. And so it has influenced the way that people think about not only the Greek underworld, but hell and other like realms of, um, yeah. And they, they, they talk about Hades too in the Bible in like a negative connotation. So I want to ask you, what can we learn from Hades? What is positive about Hades? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hades is, he's called the all receiver because um, he, you know, if you believe in, in the Greek underworld and that he takes in every soul of everyone that has ever died, he kind of becomes this this God of everyone who lives and everyone who dies. So he's very similar to like an Odin figure when you think of him as like the all father, like he's just the God to everyone, the all father to everybody. Um, And so he can be really protective and paternal. um, And he's also like with the underworld, he's so connected to fate because especially, I mean, in so many pagan cultures, but especially in the Greek underworld, there's this idea of, you get the fates, you know, control Mm -hmm. what's going to happen to you in life. And then you get to the underworld and they kind of, you know, judge you and and sort you into a a place in the underworld. Um, And so he's really good at directing you to your fate um, because he knows exactly what that is. And exactly what you're meant to do okay, when you said paternal you I was thinking like God is daddy and then Hades is zaddy do you guys feel that <laughs> I don't really believe in God but <laughs> oh God. if she yeah, does exist totally. she's a woman so actually that analogy doesn't work but you feel me do you believe in God do you believe yeah, in Hades and sure. God I love that Um, so I like identify as, as pagan polytheist. And so I do believe that like, I am religious in the sense that I believe in gods. Mm -hmm. Um, and Hades is my patron God. So he is my, he's like the God that I work with and serve and, um, and worship like, you know, in a main, in a big way. Um, but then I believe in really all the other gods of the pantheon of the Greek pantheon and and then it extends further. Like I believe that everybody's God is real because I think that once you start like manifesting like a being into the world, it takes shape and it takes form no matter, mm. you know, if it was originally because there's energy that way. behind it. So therefore it's real. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's like what the whole book American Gods is about by Neil Gaiman. I love him and um I love his books and I I really liked the way that he kind of described that um you know you you express um these beings and then they just manifest in the world and that's definitely my worldview too Mm. cool I haven't read that but now I want to how did how did he like make himself known to you for him to be your patron saint what was that moment like absolutely so I mean it, it was kind of a gradual process um I think 
it first started out when um, I was a child and I had like an imaginary friend that was this tall <gasps> guy with black hair wearing leather. And I mean, like, this is a very oh strange gosh. imaginary friend for a child to have, right? <laughs> Did you tell anyone? <laughs> what was their reactions? Oh, everybody. I would save a space oh for him at the lunch God. table, like <laughs> in elementary shy. school. Would you call him something else though when you were a kid because yeah. you didn't know? <laughs> call him Hayden. Yes, I did call him something else. I called him Westley yes. because I love the Princess oh Bride. God, and totally I, I was like, that's with the him. All black outfit and the mysterious. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. So funny. Yes right <laughs> mm, yeah giving me like in my imagination it's reminding me of um megan fox and machine gun Kelly. like their vibe is very much this i feel <laughs> oh yeah i can definitely see that i love that yeah and like, um such a hot couple oh i love them so much <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. and, and so you know I had him as my imaginary friend and I would like write these little stories when I was a kid that was basically like the Hades and Persephone myth, but I didn't really, like I hadn't read the myth yet. And it was so strange and just a bunch of other weird things. Like the, I think the weirdest thing that I can remember mm -hmm. is I remember watching The Corpse Bride by Tim Burton and it came out, I believe in 2004. So I would have been like seven or eight. And I remember crying watching the movie for the first time and I said to my mom, she was like, why are you so upset? And I was like, because this describes like me, like I'm from there. Like this movie is just who I am. Like, and I didn't know how to express oh it. God. And she was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <gasps> right. I was just like crying. So then when did you about it? Oh, so damn. I wonder what she, she like thought. <laughs> Yeah, I have to ask her. I like haven't brought it up with her really. Um, and I wonder if she would remember it, but I remember it so viscerally. And then I made the connection like oh, a couple months ago. I was wow. like, oh my God, that's what happened. And that's when why. did it click for you wow. in the timeline that like this was Hades and that's what you do? Yeah, I think it was when I was around 14 or 15, because I grew up like really close to Salem, Massachusetts. Um, and so I'd always go there, right? I would always go there and just, you know, be in all the stores and, you know, I would go to like some like outer court meetings and um, stuff like that with the covens in town. And um, it was just so cool. And I was like, yes, I resonate with this. And then I kind of realized from there that you could work with you know, the Greek gods or any sort of pantheon that you would just grow up thinking as mythology. And I was like, well, Hades would absolutely be the person that I'm interested in. And then it just went from there and I put all the pieces together and I started like calling out to him. Wow. So you were, you started to go to witches circles and meet with covens at age 14. Yeah, I don't think it was allowed. Like, I think I definitely was in the <laughs> habit of saying I was like 18 or 19. <laughs> okay. What but was that like? I like, did. I was like, with, were you welcomed with open arms? And like, how did they treat you? Yeah, I, I remember nothing but good things. Outer court meetings, because this is like Wicca we're talking about now um, with the they have like the inner core of their 13 coven members and then they have the outer core, which is when 
you know, they invite members of the community to kind of watch and participate like in small ways. And so they would, I, I would always wear white, which is funny. And they would always have me like brush the negative energy out All of the black. area, which is so yeah. strange that now I'm like, you know, the queen of like darkness or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. But you were young and pure. That changes and everything, yeah. like having access to that. Cause it seems like it's really set you on the course for your life, you know? Oh, absolutely. I'm so grateful to have lived so close to Salem. I went to college in Salem and yeah, and I, wow. I live there. I am currently traveling. I'm doing like an occult, like <sighs> tourism tour around the country right now. So I'm currently in Miami, yeah. but um, Salem is where I reside. Wait, around. tell us more about that. What are you like visiting? What have you seen? Yeah. Any spooky stories? Yes, I have spooky stories so far. So (laughs) we basically, um, I think the first place that was pretty cool that we went to, we went to this underground cavern in Virginia, like right outside Shenandoah National Park. And it's like, I believe it was like maybe 200 feet in the ground and just so Hades energy all over the place right and they had a big organ inside like in the deepest part of the cavern that just played like really like deep organ music yeah and what was it known for right um I believe Mm. it was it's just like one of the biggest cavern like networks um on that side yeah. of the Mississippi. There's so many more in like the West and, and whatnot, but I think it's just carved oh. out from like all the Appalachian mountains and stuff like that. It was so cool. And everything in the cavern, like was called either like Pluto's like chasm or Persephone's like lair. And it was so funny because I was witnessing like these children and their parents and they were like, Hey, like who is this Pluto and who's Persephone? Like, can you, can you talk about them or who is Hades and Persephone? And the parents were like trying to explain it. And I wanted so badly to be like, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, just butt in and Actually. teach this kid like all about hell, <laughs> the coolness of it. <laughs> right? Right? It'd be like, yeah, you can yes. be Hades priestess like me one day. Um, Badass. Did so you encounter weird. any spirits or like what happened? Yeah, not in the cave, but um, we also were recently, the reason we're in Florida is because we were in Casadega, which is a basically like a spiritualist camp. And the spiritualists are the Mm. people that I think popularized the seances, seance culture. Um, And so they came from New York and went down to Florida, guided like by their spirit guides. And they set up this little like mediumship camp that's still there today and you can visit it. And they have a hotel that's super haunted, but they say it's like really good oh. ghosts. Like it's like a curated collection of go- positive nice. ghosts. Like the elite. Exactly. <laughs> the upper echelon of ghosts. <laughs> of ghosts. And you're supposed to go there and like, you know, feel like spiritually ascended and they're supposed to like help you along in your journey. And we, it was so funny because we checked in and uh, we went to the room and I was like, you know what? This doesn't even seem that haunted. Like, this is going to be fine. And I was just like, this is going to be fine. And then I had a reading done by one of the mediums and she was like, you're not in room four, are you? And I was like, yeah. And she was oh. like, that's the most haunted room. Oh, and you're like, I'm chill. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> 
And basically, I didn't feel anything crazy, but my boyfriend oh. felt like the bed shaking in the middle of the oh. night. And I was just like soundly asleep. <laughs> Whoa. What did they say happened in that room? Um, you know, I didn't I didn't ask because I was kind of scared. I was like, oh my God. And then she kind of dropped it. Like the medium was like, okay, back to your reading. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's crazy. But I think it was like basically the hotel used to be almost like a boarding house for, you know, mediums um, at the time. And so I think it was it just had to be like an old bedroom of like one of the most, you know, famous mediums there because they all lived kind of together, almost like a commune kind of a situation. So, ah, so cool. How did you decide on this tour, like what places to go to? Yeah, I had a couple um, ideas of where I wanted to go. Like Casadega was a big one. And I'd heard it like so, so strange. I love Connor Oberst. I love Bright Eyes. And I had heard it in like one of his albums. It's called Casadega. And I like, you know, researched it. And I was like, oh my God, we have to come here. And so I knew for months and years that I wanted to go to Casadega specifically. And then I kind of just found places along the way and you know, Ooh. we'll be in New Orleans. We'll be in Sedona later this summer. So are you going in New Orleans? Um, it's so haunted. I mean, I think everywhere. I mean, I feel like the whole place is, yeah, we're probably, I don't know exactly where we'll stay yet, but, um, yeah, I feel like anywhere you go, I have a couple mm-hmm. like friends and colleagues. This is when you work in the witchcraft world, you have, you know, so yeah. many people that like do certain things certain places and so mm-hmm. I I know a couple like ghost tour people um in New Me Orleans too. will probably I did all those spots. it was I, so I, fucking I cool ghost tour. Oh, so, so wild cool. some of the stories so, mm. yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh I would go to one in every so city if I could. what ways do you experience Hades do you get messages signs symbols yeah so I like consider myself a high priestess of Hades. So I, I feel like over the last couple years of working with him that I've been able to really tailor the way I receive messages from him. So I, I can channel him almost like me, you know, people would do mediumship with spirits. I can hear his voice. Uh, yeah. What does his voice I, sound like? Um, kind of like how you would imagine it, you know, very like very low and kind of raspy yeah i mean it's not like scary okay it's kind of like it's kind of like jeremy irons like scar you know what i mean okay okay. oh yes oh that was good he's coming through me um wait like since we're i mean since we've been like tiptoeing around it is there like sex involved is there sex magic or like a sexiness with zaddy Yeah, so there definitely has been in in my history of working with him. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting that you bring that up because Hades, you know, he rules like the taboo and he rules um, death and sex and money. Like yeah, those are his three big mm, things that he rules. It's like Scorpio, you know. And things yeah. people don't want to talk about in the westernized society. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, there's definitely been like there's been sex I suppose um I would say the time that I remember the most I was just kind of praying to him like normally doing my stuff you know channeling from him and I just felt like 
like a snake almost like an astral like snake kind of like slithering like on me and he in one of his myths um he this is like in like the orphic hymns so it's like kind of like <clears throat> like the lesser myths and he um the way he like impregnated persephone i guess you could say is he appeared as a snake and he kind of like was slithering around so it, i made the instant connection and i was like oh, okay this is definitely more sexual i i'm fine with it but i like don't want to be oh called crazy my. if i am pregnant in like 30 days <laughs> I love snakes, always yes, have, and there's hello, definitely a phallic tentacles, connection there. Like snakes. Sure. Um, it's also like yeah. so interesting. Again, it's like an opposite of the god myth of the snake being evil and, you know, lying when really, yeah, when really oh, more yes. ancient didn't even put that together Bibles. Um, and Jesus, like snakes were for wisdom. That's why they're on the medical staff, like symbol. So mm -hmm. I'm just siding with Hades right now. That story like turned me on. Like <laughs> I am liking it. Yeah, yeah that was hot. <laughs> I started <Yeah>. blushing. <laughs> Love it. So good. And I, I know, and it's like, everyone always is like, okay, Hades is like the most loyal of all the gods. So I don't oh, want okay. anyone thinking he's not like loyal to Persephone because he is, but, but I think he, I think like the greater projection of Hades, you know, as the embodiment of like yeah. sex and money and all those things that no one wants to talk about, mm -hmm. you know, he has to be kind of this sexual, like, you know, force and in I the world. Like and sometimes and that does probably have an open relationship or like, uh -huh. they aren't, they don't need to be monogamous. They're like gods, <laughs> like, yeah oh yeah and they also like you know live apart half of the year too mm -hmm. so i kind of vibe long with distance yeah. Yeah. yeah plus they're immortal right. they probably get sick of each other like plus they right. need their own space to like be individuals <laughs> and like you know if i was dating hades i would i would mm -hmm. trust him because i would be like no human woman is going to compare to me a goddess so you can send your snake to fuck them if you need to like you're gonna come back to me. <laughs> I'm a goddess. Seriously. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I, yeah. and I definitely, I definitely hope yeah. that's the way Persephone <laughs> feels about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. How, how does Hades like to be honored? Like maybe for listeners who want to get in touch with Hades, what's, how does he like to be connected with? Yeah. He loves when people talk to him. Um, that's, I think, if you want to start out with Hades or, you know, so many gods, I feel like would, would like to be talked to, but especially him because he, you know, he gets like sad, like he has, you know, like depression, like he's very lonely a lot a bad of the time. Rap. Yeah, like he the, gets a bad rap. Got the kid at school, like everyone's like a little afraid of him. Yeah, it's so true. And so when you, you know, talk to him and show him like that hospitality and show him that you care about him and you want him to know who you are too, he's like, whoa, who is this person? I should pay attention to them. I should help them a little bit with their fate. And, you know, I always say that Hades has like a millennia of gifts to give people because he has always been so feared in ancient times. And he has like literally like a millennia of like wealth and knowledge to share with the world so if you let him into your circle oh a little bit gosh. he'll give you wow. like the world 
Whoa. And is there any protection that you need to do before connecting with him? Um, I would say for sure, not specifically because he's dangerous at all. I think it's because once you are trying to channel or work with, or, you know, speak with a um, personified deity that you haven't worked with before, um, you'll find other entities will try to kind of sneak in and pretend to be that deity. I've heard a lot of people you know, wanting to work with Hades and end up kind of meeting an entity that's like, yeah, sure, my name's Hades. Will you give me that offering, you know? So that's what you have to be um, careful with. And these are like entities that are hanging around you already that just want, Mm -hmm. you know, your energy or your offerings. And they're just going to try to tell you whatever you want to hear. So just set up your, you know, your circle or however you do your protection and, you know, sit in meditation or, you know, sit and talk with him. Um, and, you know, give him offerings like that. I would say for the first couple of times, just so you know who you're working with and you can kind of differentiate the energy. Mm. Could you give an example maybe of like a message that you've gotten before from Hades and like what kind of messages he conveys? Yeah, he, I feel like he talks in like philosophy and in aphorisms a lot of the time. He's very he's so like wise and stoic. I feel like he's like the God of like stoicism and, and whatnot. Cause he's so, you know, he's just sitting in his dark realm and I think like, I was dating. I was dating Hades. You guys, this is literally my ex boy. right now. Like shit. Okay. Go on. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so he's very like philosophical. Um, sometimes I feel like he can be just a super dad about everything. Like he's very reassuring. I channel messages from him literally like all, all the time, all day, every day. Sometimes like I just hear him speaking. So it can be just like, while I'm driving, I'll just hear like a phrase or I'll hear, you know, him telling me something. He usually just tells me to stop having anxiety or, Mm. um, he always tells me to have a little bit more fun because I'm like (laughs) a super Capricorn. I never have any fun. And he's like, Angelica, part of your fate is to have fun. And if you want to hang out with me in the underworld, you need to like embrace that side of you and do something fun for yourself. So what do you believe happens when you die? Like, cause you said, hang out in the underworld. Mm. Yeah. So um, my idea of the afterlife is the Greek um, idea. And so I'll I'll kind of explain it to you. There's um, in the Greek, ideology of death, there are um, a bunch of different places in the underworld you can go. So you do go to the underworld with Hades um, and you get a couple lifetimes to do so. You get, some believe it's three, some it's five lifetimes to essentially get to the highest part of the underworld. It's called Elysian Fields. And like the, you know, the people that make a big splash on earth end up going to that place like you know Achilles and Socrates and you know people that have made a really big impact on medicine and you know celebrities that kind of thing you know authors you know people that are very well known they go to Elysian fields and so that's kind of the goal um, for the soul is to get to your most exalted soul mission and actually you know complete it by a certain amount of lifetimes. And then if you don't get to Elysian Fields, you go to, um, you could go to the fields of Asphodel, which is just where like the working kind of people go, people that didn't really make a huge, you know, 
um, impact, but are still just part of the society. They go to the Elysian or they go to the fields of Asphodel, um, which is kind of where Hades lives and has his palace. And then, so you kind of like almost work in the palace and work in the fields and that kind of thing. And then um, you can go to Persephone's forest, which is pretty cool. And she essentially picks like, you know, feminine people typically that have her favor um, or just people that have made a really big impact in like feminism and in feminist roles. Um, and they go to her area. And then there's like the pits of Tartarus, which is like, you know, the, the Ooh. bad people that's like hell basically. So yeah. those are all the levels of the underworld and fascinating. Uh, so was that four levels? Um, yes, I believe there's, yeah, I believe there's four. Do you believe in the the seven circles of hell? Is that related to Hades in any way? Um, I don't mm-hmm. think so. I, I don't know okay. too much about I think that. that's a, cri- I think that, that would be like, like a I believe it's a ideas, I think. I think so. Mm, so is it? Um, yeah. Are you aiming for one, one or the other of those in this lifetime? <laughs> Yeah. Great question. I feel like, I mean, I honestly feel like the people who work with Hades go and like live in his palace, like with him and kind of become, you know, like, you know, members of his like family and and members of his like inner core, that kind of thing. This is very like medieval sounding, I feel like, you know, members of your court. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've just always gotten the sense that that's the case. and I've talked to a lot of Hades, like I have a, like a kind of a large group of people that work with Hades and my, you know, followers and in my inner circle. And they have told me that they, they've gotten the same kind of download from Hades that like, wow. you know, one day you'll come and live in my palace with me, um, daughter, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's like, we'll add yes. that fifth level, <laughs> the angelical level. Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> what, like, what sort of the spookiest story um, or you know, craziest Hades story you've had? Yeah, this is a good question. So this basically was like one of the first times I'd connected with him. Um, I, yes, I was like a teenager. I was like maybe 16 or so. Like I was very interested in Hades, you know, in my early teens. And then I decided to actually contact him when I was like 16 or 17 and it was on my birthday. I remember it was like the middle of the night. I'm like, oh. this is the perfect time. It was like 3 a.m. Super cold night in January. <laughs> right. And everyone was asleep in my house and I was just meditating. And I, we have like, like I had like a fluorescent light in my closet at the time. And so I just was kind of focusing on the buzzing of the fluorescence. And I got into this meditative space and then basically my eyes were closed. I was like chanting Hades' name. And I just felt like the like the buzz of the fluorescence almost like <gasps> change. And it just sounded like wind instead. And then I physically felt wind around me, felt my hair blowing, like physically. I felt like I heard objects dropping off of the walls and dropping off of the like, um, desk and stuff like that behind me off my nightstand and I was so scared because I was like this is the first time I'm trying to contact this this deity and this is like terrifying and I just felt like I was being like pulled downwards like kind of like into the underworld and I mean when I think about it now I'm like okay 
I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to make himself known in a very big way so that I would, you know, know that he was there. And it, it was like, it had to be unmissable. You know what I mean? Like never something you could rationalize, just like a mm-hmm. true amazing spiritual experience um and I also you know feel like he definitely not like picks favorites but you know I'm a high priestess of him I feel very called to serve him in this lifetime so I think he wanted to let me know like directly like second I started working with him that we were going to be working together in a very big way so clear so cool yeah oh yeah can't miss it and I always say that about divine masculines is like you can't miss the masculine when you're working with a Mm -hmm. goddess it can be really subtle and like you can see like a bird outside your window and you're like there she is but with the divine masculine it's like there are things falling off of your walls (laughs) damn that's so interesting yeah is there is there more to that um I think I think like I really does it does depend you know um I feel like there are a lot of very strong feminines out there, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I think that the masculines are just, they don't know like how to filter themselves. Like, I think it's (laughs) as simple as that. They're just like, yeah, we're just coming in Uh and it's just a lot for a lot of people, but sometimes like people want that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you you don't even know that you need it. And then you feel like, like a God rushing to you and you're like, whoa, I feel so seen and heard. Yeah. And, you know. Is there a correlation between like what divine masculine or feminine who that's attracted to and why, or why people would be attracting in a certain energy? For sure. Yeah. Um, there's this idea of like the anima and the animus, and this is from Carl, Carl Jung's, um, like psychoanalysis basically and he's a very mystical guy um and he identified like if you're more feminine you have this internal masculine and vice versa and so whoever you know your internal masculine is at that stage in your life you might want to project that with a deity or a saint or really any anybody in your life that's why you date certain people and not Mm. others and there's a bunch of different like stages of who the masculine might be at first it starts out like as this almost like prince in shining armor and then it graduates to this almost like spiritual man this philosophical like leader and then eventually it's like this the highest level of the masculine which is like protective and paternal and um helps you make like very informed decisions and so working with the animists for like a feminine person could help them you know just be really decisive and cut out men from their life that Mm. just aren't serving them and step into that more yeah and tell our listeners a little bit about like professionally what you do as a witch yes absolutely so I read tarot I'm a tarot consultant I'm also a witchcraft coach so I work with um I work with people that are, you know, at all levels of their witchcraft journey that just want to kind of um, crack open their their witchcraft and just make it as powerful as it could possibly be. And I feel like I work, you know, with the divine masculine a lot in that because I'm oftentimes asking in my coaching like really powerful direct questions that can just help someone be like, okay, we're just going to cut mm. the bullshit and just make ourselves as powerful as possible because I think especially for feminine people it can Mm -hmm. be really difficult to 
step into power and you need like a little bit of that internal Mm -hmm. masculine to allow yourself to do that totally tough love kind of like a push out the nest I have coming up in my cycle I pull cards for each phase of my cycle and um, coming up, I have a card called the masculine that I've never gotten before. So this is like synchronistic to hear Mm. another reminder of the masculine. Also, you guys, I did a seance uh, healing session with two other women last night. So three women in circle and right away at the top, fucking a whole shelf of books, pictures, and like figurines all flew off the shelf. This was... Uh, one shelf and this is like a built-in bookcase in a house so I'm so I mean like there's no exposure to wind it's it's inset into the wall and this one shelf just fucking cleared itself I was standing at the angle where I actually got to see it happen yes and like my intentions for the seance were I wanted clear signs and healing and what I felt was like even though that happened right away when we started like time isn't linear. So later in the seance, when I asked for clear signs, I feel like the signs were at the beginning. I've never seen something like that. And wow. Do so you, who do you think that was? Like, how did you interpret was, uh, that? Former guest, Moira Michelle, um, who's a spiritual hypnotist. And the book in the back that almost seemed like the book that pushed everything off the shelf was a, a photo book that her brother made of their ancestral home in Ireland. So like a very old home. So she thinks it was an ancestor. Oh my. Like show it up. Oh, wow. It was so cool. That is like it so felt like cool. childhood dreams coming true because I always wanted cool yeah. shit like that to happen. I want like clear signs like that at sleepovers and stuff, you know? And it felt like it finally happened. Uh-huh. I've had a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah, it's so wild. It's so hard to deny when it happens. Like I've talked about on the pod before how a, a candle immediately went out and then a computer, a broken computer that had been sitting there for years, <laughs> blank screen just started flashing. Yeah. It was yeah. like, I have chills right now talking about it. Yes. It, it, yeah, it makes it so real. So exciting. It really is. It's so cool. Yes. And and I I had a, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I did like a reel recently. I've been, you know, I've been doing those reels and, Uh and I did one that was like, um, it, it was basically that it was like, you know, when you get terrified by like a spiritual experience that happens. And I had so many people in the comments uh-huh. being like, just telling their stories of like the t- terrible, like scary things that have yeah. happened. I mean, these are all good, like the things that we ask for. Um, and so, yeah, totally, it's, totally. it's amazing. It's just wild when it happens. And um, I was going to say, I had a crazy <gasps> synchronicity last night as well. I'm really curious if it was like around the same time, that would be crazy. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys about it because it was so wild. So I was watching Arrested Development with my boyfriend and um, he like, I went to kiss him and he like moved away. And I look at that moment, I looked away from the TV and he was like still watching the TV. 
And, you know, Arrested Development's really fast. They do like cutaway jokes. So it's like, there's no way that I could have predicted predicted or known that they were going to say this. So then I was like, what the hell was that to my boyfriend? As literally on the TV, they did a cutaway joke to one character just saying in the same exact delivery, <gasps> what the hell was that? And we said it in unison. And then I saw on Drew's face, like he, I've never seen him look so shocked before. And he was so impressed. And he just looked at the TV, looked back at me. And then I slowly looked at the TV. I was like, did we just say that at the same time? It felt like there was an echo with what I said. And it was just like, he stopped kissing me. And I was like, finally, you get it. You finally believe him. Holy shit. Yeah, it was so cool oh, and crazy. It's like you jinxed yes, with awesome. the Matrix or something like. Uh huh. No. The timing of like, yeah, not coincidence. Ever it's since like, tapped, ever since some... attending the seance with the Eckhart's, I feel like, I feel like they explained it well that technology can be used by spirits. Like I don't know, it just made sense to me when they said it so simply. Like, mm-hmm. and. I feel like, you know, you get that lyric in a song that plays where you're like, what did it just hear my inner thoughts or a moment like that where you like jinxed with it? Like, uh-huh. what? <sighs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know like if you tapped into something, right? I don't know if you two, um, like, do you guys do I mean, Broadway at all or, or anything like that? Musicals? So they made like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my dream. (laughs) Oh my gosh, amazing. They made like a Hades musical, like it's still playing, like or when Broadway comes back, it'll it'll be playing. And it's so strange because my sister's a medium and she um she works with like a lot of like historical um ghosts, I guess you could say. Like literally my entire childhood was just the (laughs) printer printing out pictures of historical figures that she was like communicating with like through mediumship so weird and my parents were just like what is happening like she's in the corpse wait with this girl's talking to historical would the printer just print them or was she telling the printer to print them oh fuck the printer would just print them (laughs) they did the energy you did grow up in salem so exactly yeah yeah and she basically would work with um like the main person that kept getting printed out was alexander hamilton like she was just connecting with him a lot right and they made a musical about obviously they made hamilton Uh everyone knows about hamilton and she was like whoa this is crazy like i work with hamilton i should go and check the musical out so she went and saw the original cast and she was living in manhattan at the time so she was able to do that um and then she texts me when (laughs) hades town came out and she was like have you heard about this? I was like, no. And she's like, I think they're like wiretapping our apartment or something. Like, because we both, like you talk about Hades, I talk about Hamilton, like we work with them. And then Broadway's just taking our ideas and going with it. This is incredible. I know about Hades Town. I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to. And actually I took a vocal training um, recently with a friend and she was, t- she assigned me a oh new song. Oh my gosh, what? That's another Hades synchronicity. Really? And I just I have to see it. was 444. Especially now. Like while you were talking. Oof. Like the one time I check. Mm. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> wow. Ooh. That's amazing. Wow. What does Hamilton have to say as a spirit? I've never thought like, oh yeah, I can work with, 
<laughs> dead presidents and historical right? figures. Yeah, I think Hamilton was kind of arrogant. I I think okay. she she used to say she doesn't work with him anymore. Like <laughs> since the musical came out, because I think he's like too busy now. He's like, I don't need you. It never ends. He's popular. <laughs> yeah, he's too popular, and so oh if that tells gosh. you anything. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Right. There's been crazy things that have happened to my sister um, in terms of her mediumship she's had historical figures come to her and be like I don't like the way I lived my life and I want you to like like tell the people that I am not that way and she's just like dude I can't be involved in this she's had to do a lot of banishings because she just attracts them I don't know what it is about her and historical spirits but um she just attracts them and they come to her and are, are just like, yeah, I need you to do like, this. She's this not a she's PR like, yeah, sorry, it's agent. Not like, she's a medium. Like, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also, <laughs> <in the> family. <laughs> Hilarious. For sure. Yeah. It's so cool too, because um, not the, not my last name, but my mother's maiden name um, in Italian means, um, like soothsayer oh or like, you know, medium basically. Um, soothsayer is like, yeah, a word for, you know, a fortune teller basically. And then my aunt sent me like the family like crest or whatever. And it's literally like the spiritual leaders of our wow. village in Italy that okay. we descend from were, yeah, we're witches. Wow. So, so that being said is your family really like open to what you guys do or or like is it known that you're there's a lot of witches in your lineage and it's more yeah accepted? so this kind of is interesting because it gets into the realm of like Italian folk witchcraft um because I was raised with super magical witchy people my grandmother would like cleanse the malocchio off of me when I was a baby and a child and every single time I had a headache we had to do like a ritual to get rid of the headache but at the same time they I don't think they would would say that they were witches but absolutely okay. they were doing witchcraft you know what I mean um and then my mom used to be a tarot reader, like when she was like at my age, basically. And she won't talk about it. I don't know why. I don't know if she like, I don't know what happened to her in that, in that regard. Like, she, I think she would have had like a, like a spirit come to her when she was reading that she mm. felt like she couldn't control. And she just was kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm not experienced for this, but she used to read and, you know, my sister and, um, they, my parents like are totally there they love it. They're like, great, do whatever you want. You know, I'm glad that you guys are mediums and, you know, Angelica is a professional witch and, and that kind of thing. Um, so now that they're fine with it and it's funny because my extended family too, like as when I kind of came out and was like, yeah, I'm a witch and I do this for money and, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. They're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like, you know, that makes sense because of our family heritage. And I'm like, but why don't you guys do it? Like, if you know about it or, you know, if you, it's just so funny that I was like the oh first gosh. one to openly do it. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Wow. So I'm lucky. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. We would love to talk to your sister. Well, oh, yes. I think it's time for a reading. Yeah, be so cool. What are you feeling, Angelica? Anything for the collective? Any absolutely. certain type of divination or? Yeah. Let's get a Hades message. I have a tarot deck that's consecrated for Hades awesome. and I'll see if I can do any channelings too um awesome yeah so let me just let me just get the shuffle going and 
Let's see, Hades message for the collective. Hades, what do you got for us? Give it to us straighties, Hades. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let me see. Okay, so we have, I feel like he's really, oh, this is perfect. So he's saying that, <laughs> he's saying that he really wants the collective to know that like money and wealth and money mindset is really important and it is a part of him too like he is you know a deity of the underworld but also all the riches under the ground and you know money and he he rules over that um as well so he just wants the collective to know that like money is available to you and you can talk about it you can you, you shouldn't be ashamed of making money um especially if it's, you know, you feel like it's your purpose and it's your fate. And um, he shows me like the king of pentacles um, and the wheel of fortune. And so he kind of is the king of pentacles in this case. He can give you, um, you know, riches and in, in, in wealth. That has to do with your fate. That has to do with you stepping into your purpose. And so, you know, listeners that are like, okay, I know, what my purpose is and what my fate is money is going to come by doing that because Hades wants to see people succeed he doesn't want to see people you know go to the afterlife and not be happy he wants you to be in you know the Elysian fields the highest place and sometimes to get there you have to dare to be powerful and dare to accept payment (laughs) yes Oh, I can get on board so with that. much for that. Yeah. We were snapping the whole time. Like, yes, yes, yes. And mm-hmm. where can listeners better. find you? Love it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really active on Instagram. I'm at Angelica S. Krashi on Instagram. Um, and my website is River Sticks Witch. And River Sticks is a river in the underworld. It's spelled S. Um, T-Y-X, so River Sticks Witch. So that's my website. And actually right now I am doing like a Hades um, group program for witches that do want to work with Hades and that are interested in him. So it's a five-month program. We meet monthly and do spell work, channelings, ritual with Hades, and just talk more about him. So that will be, you know, capping um, at the end of June. So Hopefully, if you're listening, you can still get on board with that and you can find that um, on my website or through the links in my bio on Instagram. Awesome. And in closing, let's wrap it up with a basic blessing. This is something we're each grateful for today. So many things, but what's coming to me most is I'm so grateful to have a washer and dryer like renting for 15 years, you know, you don't always have a washer or a dryer. And right now I do. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm. Love that. I'm grateful. All this um, conversations reminded me of my punk days and I'm grateful for my punk and like hot topic, warp tour, Vans, Etnies, skateboarding, like Bam Margera, literally my screen name was Craving Bam. (laughs) I loved him. I grew up in the same town as him. Um, Yeah, but but that time was like so fun Mm. and it was me tapping into just my bad bitch energy and like, don't give a fuck, don't mess with me. 
That's amazing. I love that. I, I'm grateful for so much. I'm traveling right now. So I'm so grateful for my car that gets me to and fro. Like I love my car. I have a Subaru. It's like the best. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And we took a drive through the Everglades today, which was terrifying because like wildlife scares me. But I was also really grateful because I saw like all these big cypress trees, which are sacred to Hades. That's one of his sacred plants. So I was like, okay, I feel okay. Like I'm not going to (laughs) get like attacked by a gator or anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Angelica. Mm